This is the Scottish Football Citizen, bringing you the best of Scottish football from the past. I'm Andy Kerr, and this week I'm joined by Lindsay Hamilton and Jim Orr as we get ready for this weekend's Scottish Cup final by looking back at the most recent wins for our finalists, St Johnston and Hibernian. Before we get started, we have this week's trivia question for you. Who is the only player for Hibernian to have won both the League Cup and the Scottish Cup? We'll give you the answer at the end of the podcast. The Scottish Cup final in 2014 came at the end of an exciting season that saw Celtic win the Scottish Premiership title and Aberdeen lift the League Cup after winning a penalty shootout against Inverness Caledonian Thistle. To cap the season off, there was to be a Tayside Narbe in the Scottish Cup final between St Johnston and Dundee United at Celtic Park. The final was played in the east end of Glasgow instead of its spiritual home at Hampden Park due to the National Stadium being used as an athletics venue at the upcoming Commonwealth Games that summer, with Ibrooks having hosted the semi-finals. To reach the final, United started well by defeating Kilmarnock 5-2 and followed it up with a 1-0 victory over St Mirren. The Terrors then thrashed Cali Thistle 5-0 before drawing Rangers at Ibrooks in the semi-final, and Nadia Shifchi sealed a memorable 3-1 win over the Light Blues with his aeroplane goal celebration that took United into the final. St Johnston started off their road to the final at McDermott Park, as they defeated Livingston 2-0 before a trip to Station Park, where they saw off Forfra Athletic 4-0. They then went to Starks Park, where they beat Wraith Rovers 3-1 and were pitted against Aberdeen in the semi-finals. This was a chance for the Sainties to get their revenge over the Dons, who had beaten them in the League Cup semi-final at Tynecastle earlier in the season. While Niall McGinn scored first for Aberdeen, it was to be sweet revenge, as a second-half double from Stevie May saw off Aberdeen 2-1 and set up a dream final clash between the Tayside rivals. Going into the game at Celtic Park on the 17th of May 2014, the media had given Jackie McNamara's United side the tag of favourites, given their league position and some of the players they had in their ranks, such as Stuart Armstrong, Gary Mackay-Steven, Nadia Shivchi, Ryan Gold, and future Scotland captain and Champions League winner Andy Robertson. St Johnston may not have had as many flashy names in the squad, but Tommy Wright had plenty of experience at the back with Dave Mackay, Fraser Wright and Stephen Anderson. Saints also had an excellent promising young player in Stevie May. May had been sent on loan firstly to Alloa Athletic, where his goals helped Paul Hartley's Wasps to the third division title, and then on loan to Hamilton Ackes where he continued to excel in the first division. Now settled in the Saints' first team, he was keen to repeat his semi-final exploits in the final. As Jackie McNamara and Tommy Wright led their teams out at Celtic Park in front of over 47,000 fans, many expected this would be the crowning of United's young stars. However, Tommy Wright's experienced side were fired up and ready to battle for their first ever major trophy in their 130-year history. The Perth Saints had previously made the semi-finals of the Scottish Cup on several occasions, but this was their first Scottish Cup final. 
They had been beaten League Cup finalists against Celtic in 1969 and Rangers in 1998, but Tommy Wright had taken St Johnson into previously uncharted territory by reaching this final. United had had their issues in terms of trying to win the cup in the past, often reaching finals under the management of Jim McLean before Ivan Golak finally led the Arabs to a famous cup win over Rangers in 1994, and Peter Houston gave the club its second cup in 2010 as United defeated Ross County. The fans had bought 28,000 tickets for the final and were expecting to take the cup back to Tannadice with tangerine and black ribbons on it later that evening. The game started off well for the Perth Saints as Tommy Wright's side put their stamp on the game almost immediately. For all United had been talked up with their impressive young players before the game, it was St Johnson who were taking the game by the scruff of the neck. The first big chance of the game fell to James Dunn of St Johnson when he was played in by David Wotherspoon. Dunn hit the ball sweetly just outside the United penalty area and it looked like his shot was about to fly into the back of the net. However, goalkeeper Radislaw Czerniak was able to palm the shot over the bar to safety. United had been given a warning by the Saints and it seemed as if they had yet to really wake up. After half an hour, United had still to have a decent attempt on Alan Manor's school at the west side of Celtic Park. This was soon to change though, as John Rankin played a deft pass to Andy Robertson on the left side of the pitch. Robertson delivered an inch-perfect cross to Ryan Dow, who beat Manus with a shot from outside of his right boot. And as everyone in Tangerine inside the ground was about to burst into celebration, the ball hit the post and was cleared away by the defence. Dow's head was in his hands in disbelief at how he had passed up a golden opportunity to strike first in the final, and he was hoping that it wouldn't be a costly miss. United soon had a penalty claim turned down by Craig Thompson, the referee, as they were claiming that Witherspoon handled the ball inside his own box. So far, it wasn't United's day. As the first half was coming to a close, St Johnston won a corner and David Witherspoon prepared to send the ball into United's box. He aimed for the near side of the box and Czerniak came out to try and catch the shot. The goalkeeper had committed and made a costly error and missed the ball. Stephen Anderson had made a great run towards the near post and managed to evade Chersniak and Keith Watson to head the ball into the net as the blue half of the stadium went wild and Tommy Wright was delighted. At half-time, it was St Johnston 1, Dundee United 0. This was a blow for Jackie McNamara's side going in at half-time, losing by one goal, but it was far from a disaster. McNamara still had time to bring on the young guns and John Souter and Ryan Gold if things were still going badly for United. One thing was for sure though, Tommy Wright had the Saints fired up and performing well, whereas United had flattered to deceive for almost the whole of the first half. It wouldn't be long in the second half before things got exciting. Nadir Shifchi, who had had a quiet game in the first half, sent a free kick crashing off the St Johnston crossbar from 20 yards out. The ball fell very kindly to Manus, who was fortunate not to turn the ball over his goal line and was able to smother it. If the Saints thought they were going to have it all their own way, this was a reminder that United weren't prepared to go down without a fight. Shortly after the drama in the Saints box, the Perth side won a free kick around 40 yards from United's goal that was played into the box by David Wotherspoon. 
The ball met Fraser Wright, who headed it towards the near post, and after a stramash, Stevie May put the ball into the net for St Johnston. As their fans started celebrating, the goal line official raised his stick and alerted the referee that May had handled the ball over the line. The celebrations quickly died down and May was shown a yellow card for his trouble. Gary Mackay-Steven was injured in the 64th minute and it was time for United to bring on their not-so-secret weapon in Ryan Gold. Gold's performances had brought him many plaudits throughout the season. Was this his time to shine? As it turned out, not yet. With the game continuing to be dictated by St Johnston, Jackie McNamara decided to swap Paul Payton for Brian Graham. With United still trailing 1-0, changing a defensive midfielder for a striker was exactly the kind of move the United fans would have wanted to see. The gamble almost paid off quickly too, as Graham missed a chance that came from a shot that Gavin Gunning mishit. Nadia Shivchi then had an attempt on goal from 18 yards out, and it looked like United were getting closer to that equaliser. It was late in the game by this point, and United looked like they would fancy their chances if the final went to extra time. United were trying hard for an equaliser to galvanise them, but not if Stevie May had anything to do with it. With three tangerine shirts surrounding him 25 yards out from goal, he tried to play a pass across to Wotherspoon. Instead, the shot hit off United's John Rankin and Stephen McLean had beaten the Terror's offside trap. McLean was now one-on-one with Czerzniak in the United goal and just as he took his shot, the Polish goalkeeper looked to have smothered it. However, as McLean was on the ground, the ball came loose and he was able to hit the ball towards the net. The helpless goalie could only watch in horror as the shot hit the back of the net. The Saints bench was as ecstatic as their fans were in the stands, and with six minutes to go before full time, the cup was surely heading back to Perth now. United could only rue their luck, as just about everything had gone against them on the day. But when Craig Thompson blew the final whistle, it was St Johnston 2, Dundee United 0. The cup was going to McDermott for the first time in St Johnston's history, and the delighted captain Dave Mackay lifted the cup in front of 15,000 delighted blue and white supporters. Dundee United had been unlucky in the final, and their young stars would soon depart for other clubs. Gary Mackay, Stephen and Stuart Armstrong both left for Celtic in 2015, and Armstrong went on to Southampton in 2018. Mackay Stephen didn't quite have the same impact at Celtic Park as he did at Tannadines, and was transferred to Aberdeen in 2017 before going on to New York City FC and then to Hearts. Ryan Gold was signed by Portuguese giant Sporting in the summer of 2014 and was loaned to several clubs, including Hibernian, before joining Ferenci on a permanent basis in 2019. He is currently still in Portugal. Jackie McNamara was unable to replicate his success with youth players at United's academy and was sacked in 2015. He went on to become the manager and later chairman of York City FC. After collapsing at home in early 2020, he spent time in intensive care but fortunately recovered and currently works for Dunfermline Athletic. As for St Johnson, Tommy Wright went on to become their most successful manager ever 
leading them to multiple top six finishes in the Premiership and qualifying for Europe on four occasions. He left McDermott Park in May 2020 and after a sabbatical became the manager of Kilmarnock in February 2021. His assistant Callum Davidson took over and after a poor start to the current season took St Johnson to the final of the League Cup where they defeated Livingston 1-0. The Saints will be searching for an unprecedented cup double if they can win against Hibs. If the 2014 final was an exciting affair, the final of 2016 might just have been even bigger in terms of box office. With Celtic having won the league under Ronnie Dyla and Ross County having defeated Hibernian in the League Cup final, Hibs were back at Hamden in May 2016 for yet another chance to end their 114 year long wait to lift the Scottish Cup. All they had to do was defeat Rangers. No pressure, right? The Light Blues were shaking off a long period of turmoil at this point after ending up in the third division in the summer of 2012. Having made it to the Championship in 2014, Ali McCoy's Kenny McDowell and Stuart McCall were unable to take Rangers back to the top flight as Hearts finished top of the league. The Jays appointed English manager Mark Warburton and tasked him with getting them back to the Premiership, which he was able to do as well as lifting the Challenge Cup against Peterhead at Hamden. The chance to win a treble, albeit an unconventional one for Rangers standards, was now on the horizon. To reach the final, Hibs won 2-0 away from home against Wraith Rovers before being drawn away to Hearts at Tynecastle. With 10 minutes to go, Hearts were leading 2-0. But Jason Cummings gave Hibs hope after 80 minutes and Paul Hanlon fired home the equaliser in the last minute to force a replay at Easter Road. Cummings settled the replay by scoring the winner for Hibs after only 4 minutes and their reward was a home tie against the cup holders Inverness Caledonian Thistle. After a 1-1 draw on Leith, Hibs won 2-1 in Inverness and set up a semi-final against Dundee United at Hamden. Despite United being the better side over 90 minutes, they failed to capitalise on their dominance. Rangers began their road to Hamden at home to Cowdenbeath with a 5-1 win, before drawing 0-0 with Kilmarnock at Ibrox. The Jays won the replay at Rugby Park 2-1, before going on to defeat Dundee 4-0 at home. The semi-final was a huge game for Rangers as were drawn against Celtic. This was their second meeting since the events of 2012, and as a championship side being promoted to the Premiership the following season, this was to be a test of how far they had come. Kenny Miller scored first after 16 minutes, before Eric Sviachenko levelled things up for Celtic. The game went into extra time, and Barry Mackay put Rangers up 2-1 after only 6 minutes of extra time. But Tom Rogic scored an equaliser 4 minutes from time to take the game to penalties. Rangers had performed well against their arch-rivals, and despite penalty misses from James Tavernier and Nicky Clark, it was Tom Rogic who missed the crucial deciding penalty. Rangers were through to their first Scottish Cup final since 2009, when they defeated Falkirk at Hamden, and this result led to Ronnie Dyler leaving Celtic at the end of the season to be replaced by Brendan Rodgers. The league had ended in a disappointing way for Hibs, with Rangers finishing top and Falkirk pipping them to both second place and the playoff final against Kilmarnock. The cup final was a perfect opportunity to put the disappointment of the league behind them and win the cup for the first time since 1902. Hibs had previously won the cup twice in 1887 and 1902 and had appeared in 10 finals since then, losing on each occasion. 
The most recent attempts to banish the hoodoo were in 2012, where they were humiliated 5-1 by their arch-rivals Hearts, and in 2013 when Celtic defeated them 3-0 on another miserable day at Hamden. Having been beaten at Hamden already that season by Ross County, Alan Stubbs' men were determined to come away from this game as winners. As cup final day came around on the 21st of May 2016, Hamden was bathed in glorious sunshine as both teams took to the field. Supporters of both sides had impressive displays for the TV cameras as the teams exchanged pennants and got the pre-match formalities out of the way. The west side of the stadium had a card display of the classic Rangers Lion where the Hibs fans in the north stand displayed a banner over green and white cards that read Time for Heroes. At 3pm, Stephen McLean, the referee, blew his whistle and the game got underway for what was to be a memorable final. All those watching the game didn't have long to wait for things to get exciting, as John McGinn picked up the ball in his own half and tried to drive it into the Rangers' half. He was intercepted by two light blue shirts, but somehow managed to get the ball forward and pass them to Jason Cummings, who took the ball out wide and found Anthony Stokes. Stokes started a dangerous run, cutting in from the left, and found himself between Wes Fodring and the Rangers' goal and two of their defenders, James Tavernier and Rob Kiernan. Stokes saw his chance and placed the ball calmly into the bottom right-hand corner of the net to send the east side of the ground wild. It was only three minutes into the game and the man alone from Celtic had put Rangers behind. Hibernian won, Rangers nil. Everything was going to plan for Hibs and they were playing with the confidence of a team who were regular cup winners after this. But in a cup final against one of the old firm, you can never write your opponents off, as Rangers showed in the 27th minute. Rangers had an attack repelled by the Hibs rear guard and soon the ball came to James Tavernier on the right. From 25 yards out, Tavernier whipped a wicked cross into the box, which was met perfectly by the head of Kenny Miller, who bulleted the ball past the helpless Conrad Logan. The big man in the Hibs goal was beaten and Miller ran away in celebration. Parity restored. Hibernian won, Rangers won. And it was back to square one for the High Bees after Rangers' first serious attempt on goal. Many a team in the past have crumbled after going ahead against the old firm and then conceding an equaliser, but Hibs didn't look like doing that in the first half. A Rangers attack was dealt with by Paul Hanlon, who passed the ball back to Conrad Logan, who booted the ball as far up the park as he could and found Jason Cummings, who in turn found John McGinn. McGinn saw a pass was on for Anthony Stokes, who had a chance to run at the Jers' defence. With two men close to him but paced to burn, Stokes took the ball and unleashed a wild shot that looked to have Fodering and the Rangers goal beaten, only for it to hit the left post. It was a big miss for Stokes, and a let-off for Rangers. Rangers would have won more good effort on goal before the half was over, as Barry Mackay took a corner and found the head of Kenny Miller. Miller must have thought he put the Jers ahead as soon as he made contact, but instead the ball cannoned off the crossbar. Anthony Stokes and Jason Cummings both had great chances to make Miller pay for missing his header. Stokes was in a similar position to where he'd scored his goal from and Fodrum had to get down low at the near post to save his effort. And he had to be just as sharp to save Cummings' low drive after a John McGinn corner was cleared at first. Just when Rangers thought they'd cleared the ball away, Darren McGregor crossed the ball into the penalty box for Anthony Stokes. Stokes connected with the ball, but to the dismay of everyone in green, he could only hit the ball wide of goal. At half-time, the score was 1-1, and both teams had served up an entertaining game so far. Alan Stubbs would be encouraging his team to do more of the same in the second half and start brightly, 
where Matt Warburton wanted to decide to get the next goal and try and put the final out of sight. Both managers were under big pressure to deliver for very different reasons. For Rangers, it was a chance to win the cup for the first time in seven years and complete a treble. For Hibs, it was the chance to shake off all the jives from other club supporters about not having won the cup in over a century. As the second half restarted, Hibs were unable to carve out chances in the way they had done in the first half. Dean Shields replaced Gedeon Zalalem for Rangers just after the hour mark, and Rangers were about to really make their mark on the game. Barry Mackay played a simple pass to Andy Halliday in the middle of the Hibs half, before taking the ball forward five yards. Sensing a chance was on, Halliday took a shot at goal that went right past Conrad Logan and into the back of the net. In an instant, the game had been turned on its head as Rangers had gone ahead for the first time. Halliday's goal made it Hibernian 1, Rangers 2, and the pressure was on Alan Stubbs to save their season. Win the cup and all the woes of the league could be forgotten for Hibs, but lose and his job could well be on the line. It was time for Stubbs to earn his money, and he replaced Jason Cummings with James Keatings in a straight swap. Five minutes later, he made a bold gamble by replacing Liam Fontaine for Liam Henderson, swapping a defender for an attacker. If there was any hope of the cup coming to Easter Road, Hibbs would have to go all in. As the game went on, the game started to turn around once again, as Hibbs started to take the initiative. All Rangers had to do was hold on to the lead, and with Mark Warburton having swapped a striker in Martin Waghorn for a midfielder in Nicky Clark, he thought his side had done enough to hold on. With 10 minutes to go, Rangers still led 2-1, and Liam Henderson stepped up to deliver a corner into the Rangers box. The outswinging corner came in perfectly to the head of Anthony Stokes waiting at the near post, and there was only going to be one outcome. The ball went straight into the net and the green side of Hamden celebrated wildly. Only 15 minutes before they had looked down and out, but now they were back level and looked like they could do more damage before the end of regulation time. Hibernian 2, Rangers 2, and all to play for now. Some teams in Hibs' situation would be content to play out the remainder of normal time and settle for extra time, but not this team. Fraser Fivey created a great chance for Anthony Stokes as he found the man on a hat-trick on the far side of the pitch. Stokes was in his favourite area and beat Tavernier as he whipped the ball in towards Fodderingham's goal. His shot was palmed away by the Rangers keeper and John McGinn was very unlucky not to reach the ball to tap in a winner in time. Still 2-2, and the grandstand end to the final looked to be on. It was now into injury time, and Hibs were still relentless in their attack. They forced another corner from Rangers and again it was Liam Henderson to deliver. He played the ball towards the middle of the six-yard line where a cluster of green and white jerseys were running towards the goal. The ball fell perfectly for the captain, David Gray, who was running towards the goal, and the ball bulleted past Fotheringham into the bottom left corner of the net. Goal. 
Scenes upon scenes erupted in the east side of Hamden Park as Gray's header made it Hibernian 3, Rangers 2. And it was clear from the expressions on the light blue's faces that they were finished. The Hibs players ran towards the stands to celebrate and they knew it was all over. Soon afterwards, Stephen McLean blew his whistle and not only was the cup final over, but the hoodoo was gone. Just like that, 114 years of hurt and near misses faded into nothing as their jubilant fans burst onto the park in wild celebration. While Rangers fans then made their way onto the park and some trouble broke out, the fans made their way back to the stands and the victorious Hibs team came back out of the tunnel for the cup presentation. While the Rangers players were given their silver medals in their changing room, the men in green and white climbed the stairs of the main stand at Hamden and David Gray hoisted the famous old trophy in the sunshine. The Hibs fans broke into a rendition of their club anthem Sunshine on Leith by the Proclaimers. And the sun really did shine down on Leith that day. Rangers made it into the Premiership the following season and while Mark Warburton and his successor Pedro Caixinha struggled to keep up with Celtic at first, when Steven Gerrard arrived, the club was finally able to finish at the top of the league. Gerrard took Rangers to their 55th title in 2021 and importantly, stopped Celtic from going on to win 10 successive titles in a row. As for the victorious High Bees, Alan Stubbs departed for Rotherham United the following season and was replaced by Neil Lennon, as Hibs went on to win the championship. Of the Hibs players, the one cup winner who has made the greatest impact since is John McGinn. Starting his career at St Mirren, McGinn won the League Cup against Hearts in 2013 with the Buddies before moving to Easter Road in 2015. In 2018, he turned down his boyhood hero Celtic to move down south to Aston Villa, where he helped the villains gain promotion to the Premier League in 2019. He has also gained 32 caps with Scotland to date and will be looking to add to his tally of caps and goals at the upcoming European Championships. No matter who comes out on top between Hibs and St Johnston this weekend, one thing's for certain. It's going to be a cup final to cap off a season that nobody is likely to forget any time soon. At the start of the podcast, we asked you which Hibernian player was the only one to have won both the League Cup and the Scottish Cup. The answer is Lewis Stevenson. Starting his Hibs career in 2005, Stevenson won his first major honour in 2007 when he was part of the Hibs team that beat Kilmarnock 5-1 in the League Cup final and he earned his Scottish Cup medal in 2016 against Rangers. He'll certainly be hoping to add to his tally of medals this weekend. Thank you for listening to this edition of the Scottish Football Citizen. Subscribe to us on your favourite podcast platform so you never miss an episode. And join us again next week when we'll be looking back at more of the best of Scottish football from the past. If you're enjoying the podcast and want to leave us a review, please email Andy at andy.care at scottishfootballmuseum.org.uk. Your feedback is appreciated. If you'd like an extra football fix in your inbox every Tuesday, 
you can subscribe to Football Memories Scotland's weekly newsletter, The Football Special, and receive an email full of excellent pictures and stories from days gone by. To find out more, email lindsay at lindsay.hamilton at scottishfootballmuseum.org.uk The Scottish Football Citizen is written, edited and produced by Andy Kerr for Football Memories Scotland in association with Alzheimer Scotland and the Scottish Football Museum. Additional contributions from Robert Harvey, Jim Orr, Lindsay Hamilton and Richard McBrearty. Additional material from the Scottish Football Association, The Guardian, The Daily Record, Glasgow Times, BBC Sports Scotland, STV Sport and The Scotsman. <laughs>